Hello, hello, hello. It's Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for a football-themed edition of the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in Alice, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you see all the latest and greatest content. Uh, let's just say this weekend was exhausting voice and one with uh, you truly running a 5K in uh, Naples. And uh, also check out the Big D podcast on Spotify and Apple. So if you know I, I audio podcast, please give the Big D podcast a listen. So back from uh, back from joining William Shatner in with SpaceX and seeing the Dolphins and Jags in London. Well, okay, theoretically, not figuratively, is Alex. Alex, uh. I see something different with you today. Yes, Dylan. Um, I'm not wearing the hat. It's my signature look. You know, we uh, we had a friendly little wager. Uh, had to rock out the rock out the hair today. But uh, you know, I'm here. I'm I, I'm as ready as I'll ever be for this podcast. I know this might be a brutal one, but you know, I showed up, and that's that's the least I can do. Hey, that's not intentional. Hey. Showing up nine tenths of the wall, right? Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, good news for me, but bad news for Alice's Dolphins. My Jacksonville Jaguars got their first win. Yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the night from 76 and 77 can pop the champagne because their record is still intact. The Jags ended their 20-game losing streak by defeating the Miami Dolphins. 20 hey hey open your eyes open your eyes 23 to 20 in London yesterday Trevor Lawrence and Ermeyer got their first NFL win and uh, it wasn't all doom and gloom for Miami Tua in his return from crack ribs looked pretty sporty but uh unfortunately Miami <laughs> Matthew Wright was right on the money with two 50 old bombs at the end so uh, Coming into that game, did you think Miami, A, was going to beat my Jags, and B, what kind of a punch, what kind of a punch was yesterday to you? Well, that's the question, huh? I mean, I'll go with, I'll go with question A first. Did I expect the Miami Dolphins to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, the 20 lost team in a row, Jacksonville Jaguars, the Urban Meyer scandal, Jacksonville Jaguars, the no defense Jack. Oh no. I'm sorry about that. Hold on. Get right uh, that's, Brian, that's Brian Fluence calling, calling for a taxi right now. Yeah. I mean, I- I'm surprised they didn't have him. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, yes. To answer your question, yes. I expected the Miami Dolphins to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday. Um, You know, B, what kind of bomb was it that we lost that game? It, I mean, it's it's the biggest explosion uh, of this Miami Dolphins franchise in, in recent history. I mean, this this Miami Dolphins team was supposed to be – we've been through the rebuilding phase. This was supposed to be where it all came together, where – all the draft picks, the, the capital that we've acquired, you know, the, the free agent signings. This was where this season was where it was all supposed to come together. A great head coach. So we thought 
you know, of course we expected to beat Jacksonville. I think everyone playing Jacksonville this season expects to beat Jacksonville. No offense. However, it didn't happen. And, you know, it's, it's more questions and more concerns. And it's, it's one of the darkest days in Dolphins history, at least in the last, I mean, it's the, yesterday was probably the worst Miami Dolphins fans have felt since the day Dan Marino retired. And oddly enough, that and oddly enough, Dan Marino's last game was a sixty-two to seven thrashing by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I really don't know much to say about it. I mean, the offensive line looked okay. I mean, run blocking was a problem, but we haven't really been able to run the ball a year. I mean, Gaskin had a great performance last week, but it was mostly catching the ball. It wasn't really running the ball. I mean, there's so many problems with the game yesterday, given the ball to Matt. I, I tell you what, this is my biggest gripe on the game yesterday. I've, I've been watching football with my dad my entire life. And for years and years and years and years, I have told him, my biggest pet peeve in the NFL is running the ball out of the shotgun. I think with your quarterback four to five yards behind, behind the line of scrimmage, a running back not being able to get a head start to get to the line, it, unless it's a draw where, where you're, you're looking past and then you hand it off at the last second, running from the shotgun is the most pointless idea in, 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 in NFL. And the fact that on fourth and one, with the game on the line, with Tua having already completed multiple, multiple third and fourth and shorts on that game, I mean, his, 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 his uh, completion percentage, especially on those must-complete must plays, was great yesterday. Tua looked great yesterday. The fact that the play call to run from the shotgun, give the ball to Malcolm Brown with the game on the line, to give the ball back to Jacksonville around midfield is just – we deserve to lose the game, and it was a disgusting play call. It was a disgusting performance. Credit to the kicker. I mean, I, I can't believe I – I, you said his name, Matthew Wright, I think. I mean, props to UCF. Happy for UCF. But, I mean, the first Jacksonville Jaguars field goal of the entire season. I mean, the, the, ball was, the ball was swerving right out of the stadium, and the next thing I know, it's between the uprights. It's just, I mean, an absolute – disgrace from Miami. Congrats to Jacksonville. Congrats to you, Dylan. But it was a dark day for Dolphins fans. Yeah, to be honest, when I saw Miami go for it, I, I fully expected either some kind of a draw with the quarterback on the center or Jacoby Brissett quarterback draw because when he was last year in Indianapolis, Brissett was like a third and one short yardage back. I'm like, does anybody use the quarterback sneak anymore outside Tom Brady? I'm like, why can't you do a quarterback sneak first down? If you get the first down there, you've got two minutes with Jason Sanders who can bomb him from 55. I know. And we've done that multiple times this season. I mean, it seems like, it seems like on third and fourth and ones, this entire season, Jacoby Brissett has come in and done the QB sneak. And even earlier in that game on a third and one, Jacoby Brissett came in, faked everyone, I, I, at least Dolphins fans, expected him to do the QB sneak, does a play action and rolls out and throws a 20-yard pass. I mean, two is jumping up and down on the sidelines like it was a great play call. I mean, it, it just it, handing, handing the ball off to Malcolm Brown in the shotgun was the worst idea we possibly could have had. But, you know, let's let's – Stop being so negative, you know. I mean, the Dolphins, we can we, let's move on. How about Trevor Lawrence? What did you, you think of your quarterback's performance yesterday? 
I actually, I actually thought, in a way, both quarterbacks played very well. I mean, Tua coming back from his rib injury looked great, but uh, I was impressed with Trevor not just throwing the ball, but made a couple key runs. I mean, Trevor is six six. That guy can move. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like, he's like a lighter Josh Allen in a way with how he glides <laughs> around the football field. Yeah, and I mean, Trevor made some. Big plays. I mean, that throw to Marvin Jones in the end zone was, ooh, yow. Yeah, I mean, that pass was on the money. Unfortunately for Miami, Noah Igbenogany was the guy covering him who was, I mean, we talked a couple of weeks ago about busts of draft picks and uh, for Miami. Noah Igbenogany was definitely one of those. Having Byron Jones and Xavier Howard out definitely did not hurt Miami's, did not help Miami's case yesterday. But, yeah, I mean, Trevor had a good game. I mean, that touchdown pass was on the money. Like you said, his mobility was nice. Both quarterbacks played well. Obviously, Tua's interception was horrible, probably the worst interception of his career. But, I mean, Jacksonville didn't score off that turnover in the next in the next drive. Miami goes 98 yards. Tua takes Miami 98 yards with very little run plays and marches down the field for a great touchdown drive. I mean, like you said, Tua looked, Tua looked great other than the interception. And Trevor – I mean, obviously, he did enough to, to win the team the game. He had that beautiful touchdown. He had those nice runs. I mean, it was definitely a good game from the quarterback perspective. You know, what was also weird was that it seemed like it seemed early Jacksonville could not make a catch. Like, every time Jacksonville made a big play, boom, somebody dropped a sure first down or a sure big play. Looking at you, uh, Dan Arnold. <laughs> hey, at least you – hey, at least we won the game. So. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, be honest, looking at that game, I'm wondering, how the heck did Urban Meyer outcoach Dan uh, uh, Brian Flores? I didn't expect that. Yeah, I mean, I've been I, – Brian Flores last season was the coach we thought we'd been looking for since Don Shula, and Brian Flores this season has been a complete 180 of that. So, it's, I mean, I'm questioning all of the Miami Dolphins coaches right now. We've got more offense coordinators than we do wins – um, and the offensive coordinators we do have, I don't think have a place being an offensive coordinator in the NFL, let alone in Miami. So, um, you know, I think there's gotta be some changes on, on staff. You know, I think the, the this try offensive coordinator coordinator system is not working. I hope that they can find someone to effectively lead the offense, uh, starting next season. But, you know, it's unfortunately for Dolphins fans, week six you don't want to start you you don't you definitely don't want to be thinking about next season especially when we were expecting playoffs this year but it seems to be that's what we're looking for is uh trying to figure out what we can fix in the off season and it seems like it's a lot and hopefully we're able to um make some good moves but and bad news my and bad news miami doesn't even get to keep its first round pick because of the trade with the eagles so you hoping right now that Miami doesn't get like a top three or four pick. Otherwise, the Eagles can end up with at least two. Well, you end up with at least two, if not three number ones because of the Colson ones, too. Yep. You know, we've got San Francisco's um, pick this year. And, I mean, they're not looking too great. Uh, they still have to play the Rams twice this year. They've got a couple tough matchups. I know they've got Cincinnati later on in the year. Um, but, you know, I, I'm – definitely rooting against San Francisco almost more than I'm rooting for Miami this year because our, our, I mean, losing games, tanking isn't an option because we don't have our draft picks. So it's really hoping that San Francisco can take as many L's as possible and we can end up with the highest, uh, highest draft pick available. 
But, um, you know, I'm tired. Of I'm tired of talking about this. You know, it, it hurts too much. I think we need to move on. Um, another a, a good interconference game yesterday. How about uh, Dallas and New England going to overtime? What are your thoughts on that one? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, you didn't say you didn't say it right. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? I was letting you have it. I accidentally stole your. I accidentally stole your. How about them Cowboys last time? So I wanted that you to have was, it. That was not just the best game of the day, but the game that left me scratching my head. I mean, first off, Mike McCarthy. I'm, I'm not sure what he was doing yesterday. He went for it on the opening drive. Open one on the opening drive of the game. Didn't go for it. Then challenge. Missed that. And then he was kicking like 50-some-odd-yard field goals when he could have gone for it. I mean, it was it was an odd coaching day for the Cowboys. Oh, and to top it off, did you see how many yellow – did you see all the laundry yesterday on the Cowboys? 12 penalties for 115 yards. Yeah, I mean, when, when you think about it like that, it's – I mean, it, it's – a wonder how, especially because, I mean, when you're playing, obviously the New England Patriots aren't the New England Patriots that we've grown to know over the last 20 years or so, but you commit that many penalties, you make that many questionable decisions, you you would think a Bill Belichick coach team would take would uh, take advantage of that. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, typically when, when games go like that against the team uh, Bill Belichick is coaching against, typically Bill comes out on top on those. And he almost did, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for a, a late field goal and then a, a, a CD Lamb touchdown overtime, I mean, New England almost stole that from Dallas, but you know they didn't. And and uh, surprisingly enough, you know, like I said, as Bill Belichick being the coach, he, typically those games go his way. But you know, credit credit to CD Lamb had a monster day. Um, the Cowboys' aerial attack was um, fortunately for them enough to keep them alive. I mean, not not much from Zeke yesterday. I think he had what like seventy yards rushing, no touchdowns, if I remember right. But um, you know that 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 Dallas passing game has proven to be really dominant this year. And uh, you know, as far as fantasy purposes go, I mean, Amari Cooper was going above C.D. Lamb in most drafts, from what I saw, and definitely looks like C.D. Lamb might be the guy over there. So credit to, credit to uh, that receiving core. Obviously, Dalton Schultz has emerged as a really solid tight end option this year for them. And, you know, Dak, Dak had the question marks coming into the season about his health. And, I mean, he's got the Cowboys in a great spot in that NFC East. And uh, they're looking like a, they're looking like a, definitely a playoff contender. And they might, ha- they might ha- uh, try and make a push in the playoffs. I mean, that, that NFC is loaded. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. to it, It's really going to depend on, uh, on uh, playoff rankings and who they get matched up against in the playoffs. But, you know, if they get a favorable matchup, they could win a game or two in the playoffs. And, by the way, the Cowboys might not have an MVP candidate on offense with Dak Prescott, but did you see Diggs pick six yesterday? I mean, that would be not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six. But if you count in last year, seven straight games with an INT. Yeah, I mean – Trust me, I'm I'm very familiar with having a, a standout defensive back having uh, interception after interception, and uh, you know it's it's a nice feeling to have uh, when when your when your team isn't on the ball and you know that any time that ball goes gets thrown in the air, it might just be back to your football. So I mean, I, I know I know Cowboys fans are happy with the way Diggs is playing. I mean, how could you not be? But from firsthand, I mean, with Xavier Howard's season last year, it's it's a nice feeling to have that defense almost feel like offense because they can take the ball away at any second. 
I mean, from Emerson Walls, I mean, Deion Sanders, I mean, Diggs. I mean, put him on offense. The Cowboys need like a trip play. Put Diggs on offense, maybe. He's got I those. was saying the same thing about Xavier Howard last year because we had some major wide receiver problems last year, especially with injuries and stuff. I've been saying all year last year, you put X there, he catches everything. Not this year, though. Not this year, unfortunately. And you know, I mean, Diggs was. I mean, I saw an article last week after his pick after his pick last week, and they said um, uh, when Urban he, he said not Urban Meyer when uh, Nick Saban switched him from a receiver to a cornerback, he actually started crying and. I mean, Nick Saban's a hell of a coach. I think we all know that he knows what he's doing. And uh, it turned out to, I think, be the right decision for him. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a Diggs on offense in Buffalo and a Diggs wrecking having on defense in Big D. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, <laughs> now, how about the uh, Ravens? Not just beating the Chargers, but just beating up the Chargers. I know, man. I mean, that's... That's a game, obviously, Baltimore's a good football team, but I really thought, I mean, I think everyone thought it, but, I mean, the way Justin Herbert's been throwing the football this year, the way Mike Williams and Keenan Allen have been playing, and especially the way my, uh, Austin Eckler's been playing this year, I did not expect a blowout out of that game. And I'm, but I, and like I said, I mean, I don't know if many people expected a blowout. I mean, I think some people might have had Baltimore winning that game. I, I personally thought the Chargers were going to win that. But, um, you know, I mean – that was not the way it played out at all. I mean, the first down efficiency was really after looking over that game. Um, what was it? It was uh, twenty-seven to fourteen on first downs. Baltimore had over had over the Chargers. I mean, if you can't keep drives alive, drives alive in the NFL, and I mean, uh, the Chargers have a pretty good defense. Obviously, Derwin Jones and uh, Derwin James. Uh, Derwin J- Derwin James and uh, um. The Bosa, right? Bosa, the Bosa brother. I mean, they're, they're definitely, it's definitely nice having those two guys on defense, but I mean, when you put your defense, if you can't get first downs and you're getting, and you're getting absolutely hammered in the first down set and your defense is, is on the field the entire game, I mean, they're going to get tired and they can only help you so much. I mean, look at that game. Two stats. Here's how Baltimore won the game. They won the Ravens won the game without playing good football. I mean, Lamar played one of it, maybe his whole scheme of the year. Mm-hmm. And the Ravens still rushed for 187 yards and right. controlled the clock for over 38 minutes. Yep. Just saying, guess what happens if you got a good rushing attack? You keep Justin Herbert on the other side. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that obviously, you know, and the crazy thing about that is, I mean, Baltimore's rushing, rushing situation at the beginning of the season was – was absolutely atrocious. I mean, they had three guys get sent to IR before the season even started. And all of a sudden, they bring in guys like like Le'Veon Bell. And I mean, Tyson Tyson Williams was supposed to be the guy. I mean, after week one, everyone was adding Tyson Williams on their fantasy leagues if they didn't if they didn't have him. But and all of a sudden, he's he's dropped down because their free agent signings have stepped up. And I mean, yeah, Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell scoring the touch. I'm like, could Baltimore have like all the running backs in their backfield? I mean, it's Jamal Lewis days all over again, apparently, in Baltimore. I mean, you run the football like that, exactly what you just said. You keep Justin Herbert off the field. And if you keep Justin Herbert off the field, you got a much better chance of winning that football game. But as we know and have learned on our most recent episodes of the Big D podcast, it is time for the rant of the week. And Mr. Dylan, 
you know, I've ranted about Miami enough. I, I, I don't even, like I said, I don't even want to talk about this game. I think it's not even worth ranting about. So I, I, and Dylan has a, has a rant this week that uh, he's definitely wants to hit. So Dylan, the floor is yours. Well, I'm so, I know a lot of people who live in, in and around the Cleveland area, particularly Akron. This is for you. Baker Mayfield is not a championship or division winning quarterback. Baker Mayfield will never win the AFC. The Cleveland Browns have got one of the two or three most talented rosters in football. They've got two unbelievable backs, a top one or two offensive line. I don't give a belief who, who was in there and who was not in there for the Browns yesterday. They're saying, oh, Nick Shubb didn't play. Oh, Queen Hunt hurt his cap. Bullcrap. You know what? Baltimore's played without arguably the best left tackle in football the past four or five weeks, Ronnie Stanley. Hell, Arizona played without its head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who was in COVID jail. The Seattle Seahawks tied, well, pushed the Pittsburgh Steelers to overtime last night without Russell Wilson and Chris Carson. And you're telling Heck of a game, me, by the way. Yeah. And you're telling me the Cleveland Browns at home with the Dolphins couldn't beat a dome team coming to coming to the Dolphins and not just not just lose because one thing you lose I mean Cleveland's lost two games this year against Kansas City and LA, but the Browns lost the game thirty-seven to fourteen. What? The Arizona Cardinals doubled up Cleveland on the ground. The number one ranked run offense in football against a crappy run, run defense. And the Browns ran for 73 yards, 73, 73. Wait, did I say that right? 73. And Baker was 19 of 20 for 234 yards or 34.7 QPR. Really? Really? What are you doing, Cleveland? What are you doing? And by the way, and by the way, not just Cleveland offensively, Cleveland defensively was bad yesterday. They made AJ Green, DeAndre, they, they, the Browns defense must have thought AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins were at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they basically let them screw it all the way in the end zone. I mean, come on, AJ Green's like 95 years old. DeAndre Hopkins. Might not be 95, but he's but he's not exactly a speed demon. Yesterday was abysmal. And if the Browns give Bacon Mayfield 150, 200 million after that pitiful display yesterday, then you are a bunch of idiots. For, come on, Cleveland. Get yourself a quarterback. Bacon Mayfield. If you ask me right now and said, what I tell Take Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, even though Kirk Cousins might not be that great, he's better than Baker Mayfield. Wow. Would if you asked me today and said what I take, I mean, let me see if I could find one. Sam Darnold. I, I would take Sam Darnold, even though Carolina lost yesterday. What I take Derek Call, what I take there, uh probably Baker, but just family. I would take Daryl Cole for Baker Mayfield. By the way, did you see Daryl Cole yesterday play about his head coach in Denver when nobody wins? Yeah. Good Lord. He was unbelievable. I know. 
I mean, against the Broncos with with whatever John Gruden situation happened there. I mean, goodness sake. I mean, come on. So let's see. Your coach resigned because of emails, and then he go he went out there and played a great game against an old tribe. But when Baker laid an egg bigger than Halloween, really. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll just say, man, it's – I know being a Dolphins fan is hard, but poor Browns fans, man. I mean, they were in the cellar of the NFL for the longest time. They finally put together a solid, solid roster. I mean, two outstanding running backs, a great defense. And what we – I mean, they bring in Odell Beckham, who at the time was was one of the top receivers in the league. Jarvis Landry, one of the best, you know, slot guys in the league. I mean – that team is set up for success and playoff success. And these Browns fans, man, just can't catch a break. I mean, Baker, obviously, I mean, he, he, he's been, he's been up and down. I mean, they, they beat, I mean, they beat Pittsburgh in the, in the playoffs last year. I mean, it's obviously that Pittsburgh team after week, what, 10 just completely fell apart. But I mean, at least I mean, I get, at least the Browns fans have have a playoff win under their under their belt. But it just seems like now was the time for the Cleveland Browns to really step up and be one of the contenders in the AFC. And kind of looks like I mean, unless Baker really starts stepping up, they might be closer to a pretender than a contender. I mean, yesterday was abysmal. And by the way, now the Browns play on Thursday night without Kareem Hunt. And Nick Chubb. Baker, if you don't play well on Thursday night, I'm not saying Cleveland will bench you, but they should think, but Kevin Stefanski should think about it. Yeah. Well, very well ranted, Dylan. That was, uh, <laughs> the people of Cleveland, I'm sure, are happy with you and proud of you. Oh, no. Now I'm going to get so Now I'm going to get so much, you know what, from them. They're like, Dylan, you are, you are a donkey. You are a donkey. I'm like, I'm like, trust me, trust me. You and I both saw the same game yesterday, and Baker, Baker was boot scooting all the way to a 37 to 14 loss. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, Cleveland. I apologize, but <laughs> Baker Mayfield is no good anymore. Yeah. So, thanks for getting on the podcast, Alex. I'm sure yesterday was mentally and physically and physically hard for you, but uh. At least you made it. Yeah, I did make it. I, I'm, I came out the other side. I don't know if I'm a better man, but I'm still breathing. I'll tell you what. You know, I'll tell you, Dylan, this is really quick before we head off. I told, I told my girlfriend this. This yesterday right there is the reason why I play fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> a, little yeah. more, a little bit of joy in the NFL season through fantasy because, you know, my Dolphins sure ain't giving it to me. But thanks for having me on, Dylan. It was a pleasure as always. I will see you next Monday. And uh, thanks, thanks again.